BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's up, everybody? I'm Najee Adams. And I'm Hunter Jacobs. And you're listening to the Hoop Bowl Nets Podcast. Yes, that is right. We're back with another episode. Two episodes in less than a week. Like we said, this new way we're doing stuff is going to allow us to bring you way more consistent episodes. And I want to say that this episode is going to be short, but I said that last time and ended up being the uh, longest episode we ever did. So it, uh, it should be short. We're really only covering like three topics. It just depends how in depth we go on those topics. Yeah, I don't think that we gauge how well, like how much the two of us can talk about something. So I don't know how long this episode is going to be. Hopefully, it's as long as you guys like. But before I get into that, I didn't do the intro last time, so let me make sure to do it this time. Make sure you guys subscribe to the Who Bone That's Podcast on Apple, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify iHeartRadio, wherever you listen to your podcast, press subscribe, leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. It really only takes like two minutes to do and it helps us out a ton. So we'd really appreciate it if you do it. Subscribe to us. Um, I said subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Uh, reach out to us. Let us know what you think of the podcast. Give us your questions, concerns, uh, feedback, anything. We'd love to hear from y'all. And uh, shout out to Wine Now's Kona Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoop ball podcast. You can find them at High Kona Coffee on Twitter, H I K O N A Coffee, and you can search their products up on Amazon. Amazon, Amazon. Hunter and I have tried them, and they are incredible. So make sure y'all go check them out. So boom, we're back, and uh, this episode we're mainly gonna focus on two uh, K ratings and the. Post that was posted on netsdaily.com about KD's right Achilles tear and how it could possibly mean that he returns before his expected date of basically missing the entire season. But we'll get to that later. Before we start, I do want to read the one review that we, we did receive. It is from Jacques Cohen, 23. Five stars, of course. Best Nets podcast. He kept it simple. He said it's the most entertaining podcast on the nets and it's one of their favorite podcasts overall when it pops up in his feed thank you whoever you are for leaving us that review i hope y'all go leave one as well 
And uh, yeah, like we said, all of them getting read on the podcast. But uh, yeah, let's get into it. Oh, also, we did get a listener question, and it also gives us the time to address something. So the listener asked us a question on Twitter. We asked for any Nets-related questions that y'all might have. And he said, I am a Knicks fan, embittered by this offseason, and to name a Nets player that uh, he should draft anyway and to explain why. That is from Alex Khalifa, a.k.a. Good Guy in Sports. So, one, I just want to say uh, I'm sorry that you're a Knicks fan because that is absolutely tragic. And uh, You know a good amount of Knicks fans. Yeah. I don't wanna, I don't want to, like, say too much about – I don't want to rag on the Knicks too bad because you clearly are a listener and uh, you're loyal, obviously. So, I don't want to violate you too much, but uh, all I'll say is sorry. And name a Nets player you should draft anyway and explain why. When you say draft, I'm guessing you mean fantasy basketball? Yes. So the thing about that is, so obviously Hunter and I podcast for Hootball, the Hootball Nets podcast. Hootball is primarily known for being a fantasy basketball website. But Hunter and I do not host a fantasy basketball podcast. That does, because we seem to get like a lot of fantasy basketball questions. And we're fine with them, obviously. Because we do play fantasy we we are pretty good at fantasy ourselves. I my real specialty is in the uh, daily DFS aspect of it. But yeah. um I'm pretty solid overall in fantasy. Yeah, Hunter and I both write articles weekly for Hootball when the fantasy season is going. I write articles called Stockwatch every week basically. And mine um, is the week ahead. So we, we know, I don't want to brag, but, you know, we know what we're talking about. So when it comes to a Nets player, you should draft and explain why. So we have two, well, three, I guess. We have a consent. We have one no-brainer and then one that we're split on. So the one no-brainer would, would be uh, Jared Allen from and us. It's, it's regardless of whether he's starting or coming off the bench, because regardless, he'll see no less than 25 minutes per game. And he averaged 26.2 last year and finished as the 82nd-ranked fantasy player on a per-game basis. Regardless, regardless, he will be a middle-round value at the very least. So if you want a secure center who will give you field goal percentage, blocks, even solid free-throw numbers, and almost a double-double every night, it's and he doesn't turn the ball over if you're a nine-cat, it's pretty easy to say that he would be another solid pick and the thing that i like to look for with my fantasy players is someone with a decently high floor and i feel like jared allen provides that he like i said before finishes the 82nd ranked fantasy player on a per game basis in 26.2 minutes per game and even if that goes down his efficiency will probably go up he only uh, he only shot 59 percent from the field last season and i feel like you might be able to get him out of steel because he had a lot of hype surrounding him last season last offseason and he didn't quite live up to that hype and with the the incoming DeAndre Jordan, people might be laying off Jared Allen quite a bit. So you might be able to steal him. And I feel like he provides a pretty high floor where his ceiling is obviously through the roof. Let's say if DeAndre was to go down or Jared Allen was to get somewhere around 32 minutes per game, he could obviously be somewhere in between a top 75 and top 50 fantasy player easily. And uh, so, yeah, we honestly believe you should draft Jared Allen, clearly. And next... I believe that Karis LeVert, even though it might be a no-brainer, 
should also be someone you're targeting here in drafts as long as you're not overvaluing him and picking him too high. I personally, it's not that I don't agree. I love Karis LeVert as a player. I just don't know that he will translate as well to fantasy as Najee is projecting. What what makes you think that? I just don't think his efficiency numbers overall. He's not the best free throw shooter. He never shoots well from the field, really. He doesn't put up defensive stats. He's not a great three-point shooter. He does make threes, but he's not a great three-point shooter. It's just, especially an eight cat, because turnovers were a specialty of his, actually. If it's eight cat, it's just, there's, the scoring doesn't carry it enough to warrant saying that he would be a top 100 player. I think he'll improve from where he finished last season, definitely. But I think he'll be a late round value or near top 100, but I don't think it's, it's so clear that he is worth picking see for me i want to say that karis i believe karis is a lock for top 100 and hear me out because last year he was the 177th ranked player on a per game basis he only played in 40 games and averaged 26.6 minutes in those games 13.7 3.8 rebounds 3.9 assists cool as we saw he got better throughout the season and in the playoffs he was the net's leading scorer now, with D'Lo gone, Kyrie is not the facilitator that D'Angelo Russell is. So I feel like the assist for Karras will rise because he'll be asked to take on a larger role in the offense, not only scoring, but assisting to his teammates as well, which could raise his numbers to somewhere like 19 points per game and six assists to go along with maybe four or five rebounds, a steal a game, 43% shooting. And I think that would make him a lock for a top 100 finish. The only thing is, I feel like the hype around Karras is going to be through the roof this offseason. And where I would be cool taking him in maybe the 7th or 8th round, he's I believe right now that there's no way he drops past 5 or 6. And I wouldn't be comfortable taking him there. But if you can get Karras in 7 or 8, I believe you take him. And this is way, way, way early predictions, but... Hunter, who did you say you wanted for your fantasy player? I believe due to the security of his role as the sixth man and the similarity to minutes and volume he will have to last season, I believe Spencer Dinwiddie will will be at the very least top 150 with potential for top 100. It's just... He he's the, more of the high floor that you were talking about because he averaged 17 points a game last year in 28 minutes, and he shot the ball pretty well. I mean, 44% is all right. He shoots free throws well. He doesn't turn the ball over too much. Although he doesn't put up defensive stats, he's a great shooter, great passer. His scoring is is one of the best on the team. He's a better scorer than Carries to me. Uh, since KD's not playing, he's probably the second best scorer on the team. Uh, I don't know. Kyrus was averaging almost 20 points per game before he yep, went down. That was pre-injury, and we haven't seen what he can really do. Maybe a week into the season, I'll see something different. But 
I say he's got an offseason of training under him. He looked good in the playoffs. Spencer Dinwiddie proved a lot to me this season. His game against the Rockets, all the clutch shots he the hit. Pistons. He was huge overall in helping the Nets lead the league in game winners. So, uh, on top of, like, he has such a confidence about him that I just don't see him dropping from where he was last year. If anything, I believe he would improve. So, yeah, there's One last thing, a sleeper pick based on the potential role he could have with KD out is Torian Prince. I wanted to say Torian Prince, but I was kind of skeptical. Because he's a turnover machine. That Torian Prince could sneak into top like eighty. Top eighty? Yes. He if he is a starter and he gets starter minutes around thirty, being that they need to fill a hole at small forward power forward. I believe he has the skill set good enough to crack that number. So what do you think is worst case scenario for Torian Prince? Around where Karras finished last year, like 180, 170, 160. I don't think there's any chance he's outside top 200. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. He will average at least 12 points a game, and he'll put up at least a steal, steal and a half a game. And he'll hit threes, and those three things enough will get him at top 180 at the very least and worth owning in most leagues. So there you have it. In the short, in short, uh, we recommend Jared Allen, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Karis LeVert, and Torian Prince. And like I just said, this is supposed to be a short episode, and we spend about twelve minutes talking about fantasy basketball before we even got into what we wanted to talk about. But on to the two K ratings. Before we get into them, I just want to ask: Do you really think players care about two K ratings? Yes. I do you too. see how many of them tweet about it? I do too. And it's it's crazy because while it is a video game, in some way it has to mess with them. If you like, for example, we're a podcast on the nets. Let's say some random company was to give us a 75 overall. And then they gave another Nets podcast an 80. Wouldn't we be like, uh, well, I feel like we're kind of better than them. Like it, 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 it's a way to be graded by someone that that isn't in the same sport as you and compares you to your peers. So I feel like that's why it's important for them. And the Nets themselves. So, so far, Kyrie and KD are the only two Nets that have 2K ratings because 2K dropped like their top four duos in 2K with the uh, the Lakers and the Clippers being the number two duos and the Nets being third because KD's a 96 and Kyrie's a 91. And those are the, literally the only two Nets that have 2K ratings. So what me and Hunter are about to attempt to do is basically predict or give our 2K ratings for what we think each player is going to have. So there's really going to be three things that go into these ratings. Number one so I have 2K pulled up on my TV currently, and we're basically going to go from what their rating was at the end of last season 
That's number one. Number two is how they've obviously improved throughout the offseason, throughout the playoffs, and how we think that they're the next step we think they're going to take next season. And then three, we have all the players that have already been confirmed, their ratings. So we're going to compare them to that based on skill level and stuff like that. So getting into number one, we're going to start with, we might as well just start with Karis LeVert. So Karis, at the end of last season, Ended at a 79 overall. And uh, I want to say I'm going to give Karras an 81 overall. Because when I look at somebody like Jamal Murray, he's been confirmed to be an 84. And I don't... Uh, See, I believe personally that he'll be an 80 based on what I see the baseline for an 80 is right now uh derrick rose is the only confirmed 80 right now in the game and derrick rose last year averaged 18 points on pretty decent shooting numbers and all right stats and then at 81 you have ibaka and zion williamson zion just Zion. He'll probably go Zion is just Zion. But the people right below that level are Lonzo, Gary Harris, and Bam Adebayo. But then you move up to 82 and it's Jaron Jackson. I think Lavert just slots right next to Derrick Rose at 80. Flat 80. I would give him an 81. No higher than an 84, but no lower than an 80. Somewhere in that range, if I had to pick a number, I would say 81 for Karras. Yes, mine is 80. On to the next player we're going to have to go with, and it's going to be, let's see, Spencer Dinwiddie. We can go with Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie's rating at the end of 2K19 was an 82. So looking at 82s, the only two 82s right now are Jaron Jackson and Mark Gasol. Do you think Dinwiddie is as good as Jackson and Mark Gasol? Um, I believe he will be an 81. You think he's going to go down? Yes. The, I, they don't typically start people off as high as they ended the previous year unless it's younger players because they end them off at higher ratings typically unless the player really has a terrible season. And then they're going to go based off of the projection for the upcoming season. So, for Dinwiddie, uh, I don't know why his rating is so tough, but I would probably say he's in maybe a flat 82 again because, once again, he's not going to be any higher than Jamal Murray at 84. And I don't think he's going to be any lower than Mark Gasol at 82. So, I'd probably give him an 82. I say they leave him at 82. because yeah, 81 for him. So you have Karras at 80, Dinwiddie at 81, and I have Karras at 81, Dinwiddie at 82. Yes. Boom. So let's go to Joe Harris next. Joe Harris ended 2K19 as a 78 overall. And I actually was going to say before you said that, because I see Evan Fournier at a 78 right now. RJ Barrett also has a 78. And I believe that Joe Harris is like right at – Evan Fournier and Ricky Rubio's level in terms of impact, which is why I believe he stays a 78. That's not a knock to him. Those are both good players. 
Like, I just think due to the the limit of his skill set, like, he does do a lot, and he is underappreciated. But it, there's a common belief with Harris that all he does is shoot threes, and that tends to hinder his rating, so he'll probably just be around a 78 again. Yeah, I'd probably give... I don't think they give him a higher rating than Gary Harris. So I'd probably give him a 78. I say they leave him at 78 like he ended the season. Yeah. And then the next player we can go to is, let's see, uh, DeAndre Jordan. DeAndre Jordan ended last season at a 83 overall. I say looking at the 83s, there is no confirmed 83, but like I said, Jamal Murray's 84 and Jaron Jackson's at 82, so he'd slot right in between Jamal Murray and Jaron Jackson. I say the lowers overall. I say they make him a 79. I believe he will be an 80 flat. That was what I, I was going to go with that. All right, I'm changing my answer. I'm going 80. Yeah, I say they'll disrespect him into the seventies because he's still a solid player. I just think they will lower him based on how stacked the team is overall. So since we're already talking about centers, yeah, um, I say they give him eighty. Eighty. Since we're already talking about centers, Jared Allen is a clean eighty-two right next to Jaron Jackson, which is crazy because he finished the season at eighty-one. So I believe they'll move up to an 82. Yeah, I say they put him right at right with Marcus Gasol and Jaron Jackson at 82, which if you've ever played 2K, having two centers that are in the 80s is the most annoying thing because when you auto do the lineups, it puts one of them on the bench. It, it's the most infuriating thing when you're making a my league. But yeah, I say Jared Allen is probably an 82. When- so right now I have... Allen, 82, Dinwiddie, 81, Lavert and DeAndre Jordan at an 80, and Joe Harris at a 78. Uh, see, you have the same thing with just Dinwiddie, 81. No, Dinwiddie, 82, Lavert, 81. Yes, there we go. Because we both have Joe Harris at 78. Yes. And, and so next up on our list, we have Torian Pro. Uh, wait, so before... You want to just say what Kyrie and KD are? I did already. You did? Okay. If you did, let me just say it again, though. Kyrie, for reminders, Kevin Durant is a 96. He is the, he's tied for the second highest overall in the game with Harden and Antetokounmpo. And Kyrie. It's so crazy that LeBron had like a quote unquote off year and Kawhi led the Raptors to a title on his back, and LeBron is still the top-rated player in because the game. Because LeBron is the best player in the league. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. And then uh, Kyrie is 91. He and Joel Embiid are the only two confirmed 91s in the game right now. And then I, I will say, so as a Celtics fan, this is going to sound kind of salty, but like I was saying this after the playoffs last year, or right as soon as the Thunder Blazer series ended that I thought you're going to say Damian Lillard that Damian Lillard is better than Kyrie Irving and I love that 2k actually represented my thought so Kyrie's the third highest ranked point guard in the game right now because Damian Lillard is a 92 
which I feel like is Damian Lillard is the second best point guard in basketball. Kyrie but it's is arguable. It, you can argue it. It's not. After it's not set in stone. Series, until he redeemed himself, it's really hard for me to see that. It's not set in stone this to me. This guy shot 29% in an entire series, and it was all bad games. Okay, people have bad series. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Dame, this guy supposed to be clutch. Let's not, let's not forget that Dame let his team get swept by Anthony Davis and the Pelicans a couple let's years not ago. Forget, let's not forget that Dame led his team to the conference finals this year. Okay, but uh, Kyrie is an NBA champion, so... And he was with LeBron. And he also uh, hit one of the clutchest shots in NBA history. You're right. And what did he do this year? Uh, what did Dame do two years ago? What did Dame do this year? <laughs> have this talk all day. Okay, moving on. Like I said, Torian Prince finished Prince. last season as a 77. I was about to say a 97. No, he finished it as a 77. And I believe they disrespect him and put him at a 76. Who's a 77 right now? 77 right now, DeAndre Hunter, Darius Garland, Monte Morris, and Nicole, Nicholas Batum. I believe they'll put him at a 76 and disrespect him and he'll have to earn it to move it up. I don't think there's there's no shot they put him on the same level as Willie yeah, Hernan Gomez. He didn't, he didn't play a lot last Why year. Why are the whole Hernan Gomez brothers one of, <laughs> one of the two of the what? 50 players to have their overalls announced? Why are they two of them? Uh, whatever. All I know is I think that Torian Prince is going to have to earn his overall. He's going to start at like a 76 and have to work his way up. Because they're not going to stack the nets with all 80, 79, 80. They're going to have to lower some players. But... See, that's why I feel like the next couple of players we say are all going to be way lower. Because after Torian Prince, it's people like Rodion's Karooks, Garrett mm. Temple, Jana Musa, Theo Pinson. Yes, I get that. But I, I just feel like Prince is going to be like, I'll give him max a 79, minimum a 76. But I think he'll be at that 76. I say they give him a 78 and bump him one overall point from last season. And the next player, like I said, is Rodion's Kurugs, who finished last season as a 75. And I keep him at a 75, which I is what him. I was going to say. Yeah, I don't think I don't Right know in between the Hernan Gomez's. <laughs> Hernan Gomai. <laughs> I don't think he gets a boost because he didn't do too well in the playoffs uh, and his summer league performance also wasn't that that great. I don't think two I don't know if 2K takes into account summer league performances, but regardless yep. I feel like they'll keep Karooks at a 75. And then we have Garrett Temple who finished last season as a 73. Right now, the hey, only- I put him at a 74 with Wancho. Yeah, Garrett Temple 74. So I don't think they make him any worse than Afroni Simons, who's a 72. And I don't think they make him any better than Frank Nidokina, who's a 73. So I say oh, they... He's better than Frankie. Come on. We only think that because... Is this he, is he, better, than, is, is he better than Frank Nidokina, though? Yes. Yes. This guy, Frank, is garbage. I'm sorry. But Until is he better he than Juan? He's not. 
Yeah, that's a tough one. I'm saying he's 74 right next to Wancho. <laughs> okay. Okay, I, I give him a 73 right below Wancho. And then we have Jijana Musa. Who... He's, a, he's a flat 46. <laughs> he finished last season as a 71. I'm giving him a 70. I say they flat. make him a 69. 69. Six, Flat 70. 69 for uh, Jeanon. And then moving on, we have Theo Pinson, who finished last season as a, what is it, 69? 68. Finished last season as a 68. Now I think they bump him up to 69. Yeah, I think they bump him up to 69 too. And y'all might be thinking, if you don't play 2K, they don't really make the ratings too crazy from year to year. So if we're saying numbers within the same realm, it's because 2K is not going to raise someone unless they have a crazy season from something like 70 to 85. Like even D'Lo will probably, he will finish last season as 87. He'll probably only be like an 88. There's no way they make him a 90. So like. But the year that they can really earn it is their rookie year. Like, like they start RJ Barrett at a 79. He has a great year. He'll be at like an 86, 87 for next season. And then he'll have to gradually work his way up. Exactly. The the rookie year is the way that you really like burst onto the scene. So next, we, we've gone through all the major players, really. Um, we, we can do Nicholas Claxton. Nicholas, you definitely forgot about David Enwaba. I was about to say him next. Jeez, let me get to it. Nicholas Claxton will be 61 overall. 71? Yes. I don't know about that one. 65 seems a, a lot low. A lot low. Okay, yeah. I he can was, see it. He was a borderline. Wait, he was a first-round pick, right? Or did they pick him at the beginning of the second? But, yeah, he, he was a second-round pick for the Nets. Yeah, you, you, you convinced me. I'll go with the 70. I'll go with the 70. I'll go 70. with the 70 for that. And then the next, we can go David and Waba. So David and Waba last year finished the season at 73. And I I say he goes down to 72. I give him a 71. I feel like they started him at 71 this season. And then he can, I say he ends the season somewhere around 74. Five? No, 74. 74. I think he ends the season somewhere around 74. And they start him at 70, to be honest. The only real other person that we haven't gone over is Wilson Chandler. True. Wilson Chandler. So, Wilson Chandler, they ended him at a 74. I say he stays at a 74, goes no higher. I say he goes down to a 73 with the Frank Needlekina Troy Brown crew. No, nah, I say they leave him at a 74 with my man Juancho. Yeah, I say 73 for Wilson. And that will do it. Outside of Dang Adele, who the Nets just recently signed, who finished last season as a 66, I say they don't raise him much, if at all. He stays at a 66. And Jalen Hands will probably start at like a 67 too, something like that. And then Henry Ellenson finished last season as a 69. I say they keep him at a 69. Might lower him to a 68, to be completely honest, but I don't think he reaches that 70 threshold. And so, yeah, that is our ratings 
for the 2K20 uh, Nets players next year. And they're going to start coming out. So when they do, we'll make sure to retweet them to see how correct we really were. I think we're going to hit on at least half. At least half of them. Because it's not that hard to predict if you know what they were last season. But yeah, I don't know. It might be tough because I don't know where their mind is at for guys like Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan. True. True. Because they take into account. The Nets have one of the most unpredictable rosters to give ratings for. They have one of the most unpredictable rotations. Yeah, they're so balanced. And we were going to put the KD Achilles right research in this episode. We figured we saved that for another episode because we can honestly go. We'll do another episode this weekend and it will probably be 30 minutes about this because it's such a crazy topic that can be covered in in detail and we want to give all the details on why KD can be back and help them win a championship this season which is contrary to popular belief but all we we'll say is that out of this one because if we put it in it will go for an hour maybe more all we're gonna say is that our minds were definitely our opinions have been swayed it, yes it, saying that the over under on kd games he said under one is definitely over definitely one. over definitely over one that's all we'll say for now though we're gonna end this podcast by predicting or just flat out stating who we think the brainstorming Nets, who we think the Nets should play on Christmas Day. I think there's really only two options. Well, I think the no brainer team is the Celtics because of the Kyrie drama and everyone wants to see Kyrie play the Celtics. Yes. But then from a Celtics point of view, do they play the Nets? Or do they play the Sixers, who are already sort of a rival of theirs, who added Al Horford? So it's whether you want to play Al Horford or play Kyrie Irving, which the more entertaining one would be playing Kyrie. So I think it'll end up being Celtics-Nets. The Nets' only other option really is the Knicks because of the whole battle for New York thing. But the thing is, do the does the NBA want to put the Knicks take up a, a slot in a Christmas Day game for the Knicks? You, the thing is, though, they I mean, still are the Knicks. the Knicks. It's the Knicks. They still People are the Knicks. Exactly. They'll watch regardless. But I don't think that the storyline is as good between the Knicks and the Nets as it is for a team like the Nets and the Celtics. That's true. I think it should be Nets Celtics because. Uh, Everyone is going to want to see when Kyrie plays the Celtics, can he beat them? Who are and the Warriors going to play? A duel. The Warriors? That's because you, they, they usually play like whatever team has LeBron. But the Lakers are definitely going to play the Clippers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Warriors will be playing. There's no doubt about that. Maybe they'll play so, the Raptors? No, they'll, yeah. It will either be the Raptors. No, it will probably... The Raptors Maybe the Spurs? at a game. They'll probably play like the Bucks because the Bucks have no no rival either. But then, who do the Sixers play? Mm, that's tough. If the I Celtics mean, don't play the Sixers, I'm guessing the Sixers play the Bucks, and then the Lakers play the Clippers. The Rockets probably play. Oh, 
Rockets Warriors. Rockets Warriors, yeah. That'll be what it is. Simple. That'll Step be what it party. is. That, that's the show. As long as those two unless, are there. Unless the Rockets play the Thunder. And Westbrook. No one really touched on the fact that Westbrook adds such a dynamic element to that rivalry. But Even though the Rockets play the Thunder. Anymore, imagine how entertaining that rivalry would have been if KD was still on the Warriors. I agree. I completely agree. That would have been crazy. But KD what if. And Westbrook going at it. What if the Rockets play the Thunder? The Thunder are not touching the Christmas game. They are bottom five in basketball this year. You're telling me a team. But they still have Chris Paul, Steven Adams, they Shy Gilgis. They're bottom five. You think they're going to be one of the worst five teams in the league? Yes. Are you seriously think that the Thunder with Chris Paul, who's not a bad NBA player, he's just way overpaid, is going to be one of the bottom five teams in the league? Name me five worst teams now. Suns, most definitely. Why would you pick them first? The Hornets are the obvious option. Okay, Suns, Hornets, um, Suns, Hornets, Bulls, Grizzlies. And the Bulls are in question. Suns, Hornets, Bulls, Grizzlies. Ah, the Bulls are in question. Magic. No, definitely not. Okay. Uh, Pistons. No. Mm, there's no Wizards? Nope. How? How not the Wizards? All they have is Bradley Beal. And where did he take them last year? To a better record. But they have Chris Paul, Steven Adams, and Shy Gilgis Alexander. I feel you. And you're also forgetting about Danilo Gallinari. Okay, you're making my point. But they, one, don't have any bench, and two, one of them will get hurt. Is Danilo Gallinari and Chris Paul. I'm sorry. They are not last in the season. Regardless, that team is not going to touch near the like 12th seed in the West. Okay, but still, it could be like the Knicks. The Knicks aren't going to touch. bottom five, they'll be like the seventh worst. The Knicks aren't going to touch a 12th seed, and we're saying they could play on Christmas. It's it's all about storylines. It's It's all about storylines on Christmas. But it's the Knicks. So you're telling me that you wouldn't want to see you're telling me you wouldn't want to see Westbrook come back to OKC on Christmas and play Chris Paul and with Chris Paul and Harden reportedly having beef, you wouldn't want to see them play on Christmas? If anything, that is the ten to the twelve thirty game. That is the first game of the night to that get nobody, out of the way. That nobody really watches. Yeah, the first one of the day to get it out of the way. But yes. With that we're going to conclude this episode of the podcast. We didn't go too long. If we would have talked about KD, we would have gone another hour and a half easy because I have so much to say about that. And y'all will hear my opinions and Hunter's opinions this weekend. I say if we record on Saturday, we'll get it up by Sunday. So definitely by Sunday, maybe even earlier. You'll hear our opinions on the KD right Achilles theories and when we think he's really coming back based on all of that. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Look out for that episode. Leave a five-star rating and review. All reviews are getting read on the podcast. Follow us on Twitter at HoopBallNets. Tweet at us your questions, feedback, comments, concerns, anything you want to say to us. We'd love to hear it. You can follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Najee, Adams underscore. If you don't know how to spell Najee, 
N-A-J-E-E. Or you could just look at the bio on the podcast app, and it's right in the description. Just like Hunter's is, Hunter underscore J-K-R. Shout out to Winehouse Corner Coffee Company for sponsoring this podcast and every other hoopball podcast. Make sure you guys go check them out. And with that, we'll see you all next time. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.